Welcome to Showboys, a podcast that delves into the world of film and TV. Hosts Nick, Mike, and Cody take their water cooler talk from the office to the web as they discuss their favorite movies, shows, and all other content in between. In this episode, the boys discuss their favorite blue-tinted, money-laundering family from Chicago as they attempt to escape the clutches of a Mexican drug cartel. So, what's Ozark? So what's Ozark? Um, in case you've been living under a rock and aren't aware of the Netflix original series, um, we can definitely fill you in. Uh, we're gonna have our very first series overview episode this this episode here, and um, I don't know. Maybe at the end of the episode, you guys want to like give our recommendations on whether or not you should watch Ozark. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we'll probably just look at Rotten Tomatoes and suggest that. (laughs) Yeah. So, so yeah, we'll just start off, you know, just, you know, touching on what Ozark is. And then I know we each uh, brought some, some topics and points that we want to kind of go over that are a little more specific and detailed, but um, yeah, Ozark, aired in 2017 it's ran for three seasons so far uh it's been renewed for a fourth and final season i was reading on variety.com uh they said this fourth season will be the last and it will be 14 episodes and split into two seven episode parts the two-parter finale yeah so i'm wondering like cody is this going to be a a money heist, Casa de Papel, like season four A part one. Yeah, slash two two point Yeah. We're gonna split that into a three part final episode finale. Yeah. Uh but but mainly here, Ozark, uh the, the general synopsis of the show is we follow uh financial advisor Marty Bird. And his family as he uh, flees. I don't know if flee if if running would be the the right uh, descriptor here, but uh, he moves his family from Chicago to the Ozarks in Missouri uh, to launder money for the Mexican drug cartel. Um, That's basically a vacation, right? Yeah, pretty much. That's what everyone wants to do. Vacation. Yeah, putting Ozarks on the map. Actually, low key, like after watching the show, I was like, maybe going on vacation to those arcs might be kind of interesting. Kind of go around, see, see where you know maybe some parts of the show are filmed or whatever. 
Jokes on you, not filmed in the Ozarks. Are you sure? Really? Yeah. They only filmed like five minutes of of the show actually in the Ozarks. They filmed it in Georgia. Dang, bro. Yeah, so you got baited. I know. Jeez. Wasn't Walking Dead filmed in Georgia too? I feel like. Uh, Pretty much everything is. I'm pretty sure Georgia has a film subsidy or credit that makes it cheap to film everything there. That makes sense. Yeah, and that's so, a good climate. No, not actually in the Ozarks. Yeah, if you want like a like a sweaty, outdoorsy environment, just go to Georgia, I guess. I mean, it worked. I guess you didn't realize it wasn't the Ozarks, so uh, mission accomplished. True, big true. Yeah, now I feel like I don't even know what the Ozarks look like anymore. Yeah, what is life? I don't even know. Who I mean, am I too? Well, I did read that <laughs> it the show increased like people going there a little bit but did not like increase money from like uh tourism and stuff. yeah mm-hmm. so, so i don't know how that works you have more people just like freeloading like just checking it out like oh yeah. this looks nothing like the show because it wasn't <laughs> filmed here yeah they're probably suckers like me who's like oh let's go check it out and then realized you know because someone like cody and then they're like i'm not gonna spend any money i'm going home Instead of like a flyover state, it's just like a drive-through city. <laughs> yeah, you just like look and you're like, yeah, I'm not stopping there. <laughs> Instead of all the beautiful scenery, it's just like the meth portions that we see on the show. Oh, ouch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's kind of the the general storyline. Um, it's pretty highly regarded. I was looking at some of the the different. Uh, scores uh on imdb it's it scores an 8.4 out of 10 and on rotten tomato it's got an 81 percent. so pretty consistently you know thought of as a good show which i would have to agree um and it's uh created by i'm probably going to botch this uh bill debouquet and mark williams probably mispronounced the Poor Bill's last name there, and uh, directed by Jason Bateman and a handful of other people. Um, but yeah, I just the the show is uh, quite quite a step away from Jason Bateman's normal uh, material, wouldn't you say? Yes, yeah, but it's still I don't know. It's like him just like really really uh wound up. <laughs> Yeah. Um, actually, I was talking to a friend who was over at the house the other day, and now that I think about it, like his mannerisms and honestly, the the character of Marty Bird himself is almost the same as all of Jason Bateman's other characters. It's just like you plucked him out of the typical like rom com or like dark comedy type you know stuff that he normally is in and then like dropped him into like this super bleak and dark drama because he's still running around with his quippy one-liners and like right it's him under like extreme stress and pressure basically yeah i mean it's a darker version of his character in arrested development it's the same level of comedy but instead of being like the good guy cleaning up after his family he's like the worst guy getting his family in a lot of shit. Yeah. 
I actually have my own little fan theory that Marty Bird is actually just his character from Arrested Development, like twenty years later, picking up the family business. Well, there's money in the banana stand. That's right. That's right, dude. Ah, <laughs> oh, geez, what what a show! Um, it's got it's got quite a a cast lineup here. We got. Jason Bateman, obviously, as the lead Marty Bird. And then uh, his wife, Wendy Bird, is played by Laura Linney, who I, I feel like I, I never really saw in anything prior to Ozarks. Um, but she, like, really kills it and knocks it out of the park. Uh, her character is fantastic. And uh, Julia Garner, who is making a name for herself as Ruth Langmore. Um, I think overall the 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 cast is is pretty great. A lot of the supporting characters are acted and written very well and um I think all around it's got a really solid lineup. It's definitely a show that has gotten better with time. Not that you know it wasn't good to start off with because it was good to start off with, but it's just that I just I didn't have high expectations or any expectations for any of the characters really maybe outside of jason bateman because he's very well known um but like all the supporting characters just continuously have good arcs they're very well acted out and i don't think i expect i expected that out of that show yeah if you want to go back to uh julia garner she's actually in the americans and she does an awesome job in that and her character is very much different in this one but still great so i enjoyed seeing her again um out of a show that i really enjoyed um so it was a, i think a recommendation from last time the americans but she is great in this as well i really love her character ruth like her combination of shit fuck and <laughs> the other combinations of swear words is just yeah well she's <laughs> she's definitely uh you know making up some new ones that's for sure yeah, she doesn't know shit about fuck. She doesn't know shit <laughs> about fuck. Classic now. So meme worthy. Yeah. Uh but I, I I would tend to agree, Nick, that that the character arcs in this show are done really well. And I think that's one of the things that kind of draws me towards uh like series over movies is it allows time for character development like that so you can have like deep story arcs for supporting ca- or characters um you know without you know well, feeling like you have to fit an entire you know plot of a movie or story in like a two-hour window you have like this is three seasons long so that's what like 30 episodes that you get to really like build the world and tell these different stories through these different characters and stuff. I mean, I think that's what makes really good series is when they capitalize on all that, all that time to build multiple character arcs. Cause like a movie usually just focuses on maybe, you know, one, two character arcs. And sometimes those aren't even that dynamic. Whereas like a series, obviously the good ones have multiple character arcs just kind of weaving themselves together continuously being good. And this show definitely does that to where 
you know, you're not just sitting there thinking, oh yeah, you know, Jason Bateman's character is really well done. Everyone else is kind of hovering around him. They really do seem to all kind of orbit each other as the yeah. show kind of goes on. Yeah, I feel like they do a good job too of like moving the main plot of the series along using other characters than just Marty Bird. Uh, like, you know, as you get further, I guess we should have a spoiler warning now. Uh, just if you've never seen any of Ozark and you plan to watch it, go watch it and then come back or you know, be warned. We're going to talk about some story details and stuff, so don't get mad at us. Um, <clears throat> but with that being said, I think... It, it does a really good job of moving the main story along with some of the supporting characters really like stepping into the spotlight and being the ones to drive the plot forward. It's like uh, season three, uh, Laura Linney's character, uh, Wendy, really is kind of in the driver's seat for the majority of the season with you know the move she's making with um, Navarro and and with Helen and stuff. Wouldn't you agree, Cody? Or I do agree, actually. I did want to say, do you think that it moves the story along in a natural way, though? Because a lot of the reviews I've seen talk about kind of the um, outrageous plot points that kind of, like, force the story along. And I just want to see if you agreed with that or if you think it's more natural and that, you know, through this character development you're talking about, that it all kind of blends seamlessly in pushing the story along. Do you have, like, a specific example? of i think they were just it's not my example it's kind of some of the reviews that i was reading i don't necessarily mm-hmm. agree with it either but i think they were just saying some of the plot points are unrealistic and kind of outrageous all in order to kind of push the main storyline along yeah so without anything specific in mind just like generally do you think it does a good job of blending it seamlessly together in a natural way or i think as much as it can in a show about laundering money for a cartel you know um i mean based on season three you know they bring this they kind of break uh i think they break the fourth wall a little bit in a very abstract way with season three in that they acknowledge how absurd it is what is going on in the show (laughs) if that makes sense i will say one one storyline that kind of came out of left field for me was uh wendy's brother ben coming out of nowhere like i think she may have mentioned her brother like one time in like a passing scene to uh their son son or somebody mentioned something about their son like growing up to be like wendy's brother or something but like i think i mean granted i haven't you know watched through the entire series recently so my memory's a little foggy but as far as i remember i think i feel like that's the only time maybe that ben was ever mentioned <clears throat> and then out of nowhere he just shows up in season three and kind of plays a big part in you know how the season ends up ending and stuff uh so to answer your question i could see that and i kind of felt that with Ben's storyline but all the other stuff I feel like you know with Wendy's past doing you know 
campaigning and her work in politics kind of, um, you know, plays along with what they're trying to do and how they used her as a tool to, uh, you know, get the casino up and going and like all these other things that happened in the story. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Nick? I think in the context of the show, I don't see that as a problem. I do. I mean, I, I would agree that there are some just maybe out of left field plot points that just kind of like pop up and they just have to deal with it immediately or like, you know, it instantly throws a wrench on the direction of the show. Um, but I think within the context overall of how that show is structured, it's not a problem. And it's really kind of like a driving factor because right when you think things are kind of like moving along smoothly with this one plot point or arc that they just got over this like ridiculous thing, just like inserts itself. And then Marty just goes from, you know, okay to no longer. Okay. Again, or whoever it might be. Yeah. I think, I think it's fair. I think, I think it's fair within the context of the show. So I wouldn't agree that that it's an issue with the show. I think that's, I think that's right. I think, you know, from the premise of it, it's about, you know, this dude money laundering for the cartel and everything that happens after that is just kind of equally as absurd. So yeah. I don't think I've ever taken it so seriously that the plot points have been, you know, so absurd themselves that it bothers me. It kind of all kind of fits within the confines of what I expect out of the show. And then kind of going back to the arrested development thing, it's like all the hijinks I would expect to happen to Jason Bateman anyway. So it's kind of like par for the course. <laughs> so nothing really stands out as being like so crazy that I don't believe it because I'm just like, yeah, Jason Damon, that would happen to him. Yeah, true. I mean, I feel like when you're in the business of laundering money for a drug lord, absurdity is, you know, bound to follow. So yeah, um, I feel like there's got to be some like down days in drug drug smuggling, <laughs> but you know, yeah, we're just skipping ahead to the good stuff. We're just you know fast forwarding through the boring through the boring days and just going straight to the heart of it. Yeah, I will say, you know, maybe another example of a super random use of characters to stir up some sort of drama is maybe Wyatt uh, falling in love with <laughs> Darlene oh, randomly. Uh, it. It's like, uh, really, really? That, uh, yeah, that that was one of the more uh, obscene, not obscene, um, obscure kind of like, yeah, yeah, it was absurd. Obscene too. yeah, it was obscene too, but it was <laughs> like, it, it, that was definitely inserted. Um, yeah. To really just stir the pot. And I think, I mean, that's what, that's what happens in that show. Like these characters and like things that happen just kind of stir this existing ecosystem of plot going on. So uh, that's why I think it's more, it is kind of natural how it happens. Cause you're like, Oh, of course, like those two jerk off characters are going to do that. <laughs> um, yeah. But and, also like it kind of in that world makes a little bit of sense though. Cause if you think about it, you know, why it is just a lost young, young man, his father. What? What? what yeah. What, no. Uh, no. His, well, his father, his, did show up in like season two, but it was his uncle. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That died. So yeah, died. losing losing the father figures in his life, and then Darlene seeing it as an opening to kind yeah. of like you know 
she need a new man in the house. Well, that and I think she sees yeah, it as a she way to like the first one. to like oh, uh, so if 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 I bring Wyatt into the picture, maybe that makes things weird for Ruth, which will then make things weird for Marty, and maybe I can like throw a wrench in in what they're doing type thing. Like I think she's just kind of using Wyatt as a tool. I mean, sure, but I mean, see, that's how that fits in. That fits in with her character. Like, she's a little yeah. batshit, so she's gonna do literally anything to. Absolutely terrifying character. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I, yeah. Her and her, her and her, her husband. You know, from like season one and two, and he was he was in um. There's the Netflix show right now called Cursed. It's new. Um, and he was in that, and he's like this kind of like priest guy when they're just like purging the witches or whatever but i think i've seen the first episode of that now that you're saying that he's like some crazy like paladin like he's the main (laughs) he is like and i'm watching it and i'm like what it was he in and like he had these like the way he talks and just like the demeanor of just his terrifying tone i'm like where have i felt this before i'm like oh yeah he's that guy in ozark who is (laughs) scary yeah only outdone by his wife right i don't know she's the entire situation i mean i agree that she is using wyatt and that's like the whole point of it but my god that entire scene and the entire you know, <laughs> idea yeah, behind i had it. to I like to skip forward yeah you know those like uh eye wash sinks and like labs and stuff and like yeah. science class yeah i needed to go find one of those <laughs> You just can't be unseen. Yeah. Every time they go to them now, I'm just like, <laughs> I feel like they addressed how awkward that was for the watcher in some scenes. So like when they're out on the field and like the hand, the workers are kind of like looking at them, like, are they together? And they're like, yes, you know, as the viewer, we're all like, yeah, they are together. If you, if you didn't see that part of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Let me lean in through the fourth wall and be like, yeah, they're fucking. <laughs> I can't remember. Did Ruth find out about it or like notice the situation? I don't, I don't recall if she found out like specifically what happened, but yeah, no. she definitely knows that they're like living together and in some super weird relationship. Wyatt's brother observed the activity and then went over there and put it all together, and he was like, "This is fucked up." And then <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how that went down. And then she was obviously her natural reaction was like, "What the shit?" And yeah. <laughs> typical Ruth. But didn't she end the season by going to work for? Her or yeah, going up with I her in some way. I don't remember. She again, like I haven't watched season three, you know, in its entirety for oh, we'll several see. months. No, I've I've oh, watched okay. it all. I haven't. Yep, Cancel the episode. Recently. Mike lied. He hasn't seen it. Yeah, I've actually <laughs> never seen Ozark. Uh, but I, I rewatched episode nine of season three last night, my favorite episode of the season. And she, you know, did go over to Darlene's house. Uh, so at Nick, were you saying she does actually go and start working with Darlene? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm. they, they explore that whole concept of her going from like, what the shit, Wyatt to at the same time, she was kind of like greatly, put off by marty and wendy 
because of how they handled that whole situation with her getting her shit kicked in by, um, I forget the the city those like mobsters that run the construction company. Oh, the yeah. Kansas City dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Like she was upset with how they handled that situation, so she was yeah. jaded around that. And at the same time, you got plus her psycho- boy Ben. Yeah. See, that's me- it's such a messy inner. Yeah. You know, it's all just kind of woven together, and I think that's that's what's good about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, before we go in like any further into any like specific talking points that we had, uh, do you guys have any uh, like predictions of the what might happen in the the final season? Uh, way to steal my talking point. Oh, was that one of it? <laughs> yeah, rip. Sorry, bro. That one off. No, that's fine. <laughs> do it here. Scratch it off. Uh, but no, for real. Do you guys have any? Any idea what might happen? No clue. Go ahead, Nick. No clue. Yeah, I, I've been trying not to. I've been trying. Sorry, Nick. I've been trying not to guess. I kind of like the suspense of it. Like I try not to watch movie trailers before it comes out, just so everything's new and a surprise to me. And so the only thing I really read about it was that Jason Bateman already has something in mind um, for the ending, how he wants it all to tie together. But I tried to avoid anybody else's guesses, just so that I can. Um, watch it new and not have any expectations going into it let's earmark that for for our next point i love that that he has an idea of where this how this is ending and where it's going going into the last season um but yeah i i literally i have no idea what's going to happen i mean i think we kind of kind of explored this a little bit in what we were just talking about about how the show's kind of a little unpredictable um and the way that season three ended you know with a literal bang uh really was shocking and i i didn't really see that coming so i i literally have no idea what to expect from season four i feel like that's good because i mean you are kind of one to sit there and be like oh i know what's gonna happen next at least more so than i am i always sit there kind of like a like a newborn child i just don't even acknowledge <laughs> anything beyond what's in front of my face ozark's not airing it doesn't exist right i'm like this is a whole new world every time who are these characters yeah you, nick do you have an idea of where you want it to go like do you have something in your mind do you want this to have a, a happy ending for for them or I want you think have, everyone's been up dead or what i want to have like a really shit ending for half the characters and then an okay ending for the other half um which half depends on depends on how you split them up um i feel like uh maybe it would be cool if you know Maybe that's like a, a character favorite, like if Ruth just like kind of somehow squeezed her way out on top, kind of like a Game Game of Thrones thing, because it is kind of getting that way to where people are getting snuffed out, and definitely who is in control shifts. Like Mike was mentioning, how like it Wendy was kind of like you know the main driver for a season and a half now. I feel like, yeah, I could see. Ruth really like well I I could see Ruth Ruth's character arc ending in two ways either it ends like she gets just whacked and poor Ruth rip 
or I could also see her like if she decides to stay on on Darlene's side and uh, like work for her, I could kind of see her like overtaking that whole operation and like balling out and like really succeeding because she learned a lot under Marty and Marty trusted her with a lot of the responsibilities of the laundering with the casino and stuff. So I think she has the mind to do that and the smarts to do that. And she doesn't really have any other options, you know? So if she doesn't, you know, bite the dust, I really see her as like in her world view, like winning out and like becoming a real person of power and running something you know what i mean it's gonna end with her sitting on that couch at her trailer park looking <laughs> at the lake yeah she's actually gonna win the game of thrones <laughs> i don't know i agree with mike's points but i think that it's probably more likely that she ends up getting killed or has to flee just because while well, she has the smarts for it and she has the experience now she does not have the personality for it she's like pissed off everybody in the show at one point or another if not all of them at the same time like she just explodes on everybody and she's like constantly tormenting that one dude. Yeah. It, That's like, why I want I want it to end that way for her though. Cause she's like I feel so bad for Ruth. She's just constantly being stepped on and and kind of like overlooked and downplayed. So I think it'd be like a real vindication for her to be like, Yeah, well look at me now. Yeah, that would be a sweet interior character arc from uh, nothing to something. If she can get her anger under control, the rest of her personality and skill set's pretty good, actually. What do you do? You have any uh, thoughts on what's going to happen, Cody, or like what you'd like to see? Ah, uh, depends on the day. Sometimes I'm like, man, I hope Marty figures it all out and just kind of like outwits everybody, like he, you know, has been. Like he wits himself into trouble, but then wits himself back out of it. And you know, you kind of want a happy ending for him and his family and his, you know kids and all that stuff but at the same time i feel like the story would be better if it was just a little bit darker and either him or his wife you know ended up dying at the end yeah i feel like if if it was if it was a happy ending for him or at least like he came out you know on top or whatever i think it would it would have to be very damaging in the process as if like one of his kids died or like Wendy dies or, you know, something like that. I just don't see that family making it out intact or if they completely do. Yeah. There has to be punishment for his actions. Cause I mean, he's not like the good guy in the story really. Yeah. Knowingly and willingly started working for the mob. And, you know, again, he's been getting himself into these situations. He's not like the innocent guy who got caught up in trouble. He was like the guy breaking the law who got, you know, obviously caught up in trouble so there has to be some type of punishment for his character kind of screwing up and getting him and his family into this spot to begin with yeah i i just don't see how it could be possible for like a good happy ending for marty like he's just he's way too in over his head that like how could it possibly work out for him you know that's a good point it's you know they're you know, the main, you know, umbrella here is the Mexican drug cartel. So, like, how do you remove yourself? Yeah, obviously, how from do that you escape that. And, I mean, that's the whole point of the show is, like, how do yeah. you escape that? So, do you? 
what's the message yeah. gonna be? I don't know. Now man. you just take over the cartel. Yeah. <laughs> the thing, like, season four, part two is going to be in Mexico. Like, there's he's gonna go down there and just take over. I mean, that's where season three ended. So maybe he just never comes back. Man, yeah, it's gonna be a joint season with Narcos. <laughs> yes. Season okay. four. Yeah. It was that crossover. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a good idea. Well, the next we, have we, have, we have to do a show episode on that once Mike watches all of Narcos. Yeah. Get watching. I guess I need to get started. Yeah, quite a bit to catch up on. Totally worth it though. Okay. Yeah, I would. Man, I would really hate to see something happen to the bird children because they've like. Right. In the beginning, they were kind of like annoying, but like as each season has progressed, like they're both great like characters and they're like totally all in on board with the family business. And like, I don't know, they, they've really grown on me, so I'd really hate to see something happen. Jonah's a hustler, dude. Dude, he is. He has a great arc overall. Yeah. And the the daughter really was the one that was like, okay, this character is pretty lame to like season three being like, okay, okay. I see you. Meanwhile, her younger brother's just like taking shit over. Yeah, just like flying his little drone around, like spying on the cartel war and the Kansas City mob dudes and uh. I mean, and the money um, laundering that he was doing, and I think that yeah. was an earlier season, but just like money laundering it, like I don't know how old he was in the twelve. Yeah, well, that came up in episode nine when they're like, uh, so episode nine of season three is the episode where uh, Wendy has to like try to save her brother Ben, and they kind of go on a little road trip. Um, but they're like they have Wendy and Marty and the kids have their little like family meeting where they're like, why don't we just why don't we just leave? Like we can we can just get out of here like we were gonna do before. And, and Jonah's like, yeah, I mean, I got all those shell shell companies and can use the money from that. And I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. This dude's just been like skimming, bro. Eddie plotting. Yeah. Everyone else is like in you know dealing with stupid shit and he's just like what you know we got business to run yeah apple doesn't fall far from the tree just gonna bail them all out he's yeah. like look i got millions we can get out of here yeah man uh but yeah i to answer the original question man i just i have no idea what's gonna happen and i'm excited to see where this ends up going do we know when the new season comes out 2021. It's like I guess that did just come out this spring, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Corona's kind of ruining uh, filming for it. I don't think it's supposed to even start filming until like the end of this year. Hmm. Come on, Georgia, get your shit together. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so like what, what Cody was saying about you know Jason Bateman having a plan and an end in mind, um, kind of makes me think about what we were chatting about in the last episode about how like series like the sweet spot for a series seems to be like anywhere from three to five ish seasons. 
And that kind of really, uh, how do I say? Um, I don't know. It kind of gives the the creators um, a lot more uh, power or direction, I guess, or like ability to execute if they if they go in with a game plan of like, all right, we're going to make this show three seasons. I know the exact story that I want to tell. You know, so everything is going, every scene is going to be meaningful. All these character arcs are going to be meaningful and it's all going to lead to one like set, you know, ending and you don't, you you eliminate the whole just dragging plots or characters or story arcs like out for needlessly long times just to like, well, and now we're in season 11. What are we going to do with side character 42? Um, yeah, it gives them a, a, a destination, you know, a target to hit. So they're less likely to kind of be shooting the shit on some filler episodes. And I read the same thing, too. I didn't know until recently that they were going to do a final, you know, a fourth and final season. And I was like, okay, good. You know, because like we talked about on the last episode, shows that have that shorter season cycle just seem to be better. Or at least they, you know, they, they stamp themselves in place for what they are and they don't drag on forever. Yeah. Yeah. What about the flip side of that though? Cause I know I've seen a lot about Netflix canceling show or shows after, you know, two seasons or in this case, four seasons. But do you think that might limit, um, director's outlook and vision for stories if they know that netflix isn't going to let it run longer than four seasons pretty much no matter what but they're going to tell them you know hey just wrap it up and go you're going to run into like a game of thrones issue Hmm. not that that happened in game of thrones but you know the story getting short i guess it would depend on like when they when they decide they're going to make the series in netflix you know they they're in their negotiations and their contract and stuff if it's like something that is talked about and like agreed on like up front, like, hey, you know, we'll we'll green light your show, uh, we'll give you three seasons. I think then that shouldn't really play too big of a part because at that point, you know, the the creator can just be like, Well, you know, the story I'm trying to tell is gonna be longer than that. So maybe maybe now is not a good time. But you know, it could kind of um help lead and direct stories to actually be strong and concise you know mm-hmm. but whereas if they like you know bateman goes to netflix and they're like yeah we can do the show ozark and like they don't mention anything about a uh, run length or anything and then after season three ends they're like okay yeah we're only gonna do this one more season then that I feel like that could play a real problem in the whole situation because, you know, maybe he was planning on two more seasons to tell his entire story. Uh, so you could definitely run into those issues where you're rushing and, and trying to wrap something up that wasn't set up to be finished that early, you know? Right. I guess I don't know how Netflix does it, but... Same. You know, like you said, if they only give them like, hey, we'll give you one season, prove that it's good and people are going to like it, and then we'll talk about, you know, renewing it further. 
And then they're like, yeah, we'll give you season two, but we don't know about anything beyond that. And you're like, well, the story really is, you know, three seasons or four seasons. And then you're kind of stuck in like doing season two, but then trying to either wrap up or completely cut out everything that you had planned for season three and four, because Netflix says, you know, point blank, we're just not doing it. So I don't know how much heads up they have on like how long they're going to get. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Me either. That'd be, um, it'd be really interesting to find out how all that stuff behind the, the scenes works, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like Netflix is their model, at least, you know, for the past five years has been, you know, a proving ground. If you can show up on Netflix, they'll give you a shot and, you know, they'll see it through so far with things. And I think if you're cool, if you want to end it or if you want to keep going and it, it works for them, I feel like they're less likely to be against it than, you know, another, uh, you know, streaming service that has way higher expectations, if that makes Nick, sense. Nick, do you know any any series offhand that's went longer than four seasons recently? I think Stranger Things might be coming up on it, like five now, maybe. That's but, yeah. Like a, that's a Netflix original? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, I have to think on that, but but I feel like but they are but this is new so new that I feel like they've only really been doing this for five years when it comes to like that you know triple A quality production movies series and all that. I mean, I might be under shooting that, but I feel like it's still young enough to where it's hard to get that selection, but they do have talks when it comes to things like the Witcher. Like they, they said that they would do 20 seasons of that if it made sense. So I think if the show creators and the money all make sense, I think they would do a show as long as they possibly could. Um, Cause I don't see why not if it all kind of worked for them. That's fair. I had a I watched Marco uh, Marco Polo on Netflix. I don't know if you yeah if you guys watch it. First it's pretty good. It's pretty good, and I know they spent a lot of money on it, and they weren't really getting that money back because it wasn't getting a lot of viewership. But I thought it was a good se- uh, series, yeah. and they ended that after I want to say season two. Yeah, that was and early. It was like not a natural ending to it at all, and I was pretty disappointed. <laughs> that was early too, though. That was that was you know three or four years ago, right? That they started that, maybe even further back. That might have been like twenty fifteen. Yeah. I was still in law school then. Um, it wasn't 4K though, which kind of gives me some type of timeline on it. So probably it was 2015 or 2016. Yeah, I, I think the next kind of like five years will kind of prove that through. Um, you know, they're they're gonna find their niche, or they're just gonna like push everything out that they can until something like really clicks. So I just don't think they've had one the time or the right opportunity to see something to you know, a 15 season type thing. Um, well, I, so guess, I think I they just looking, allow it. I was just looking while you guys were chatting and the, it looks like the Netflix originals started in 2013 with house of cards being like the first or one of the first, really? um, probably not a great example, but how many seasons of that were there? I think six at least. Mm-hmm. And it so, would have gone longer. <laughs> yeah, so who knows? Maybe if, if Kevin Spacey wasn't, you know, acting a fool. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they call it a lot worse things. Um, but yeah, who knows? I mean, 
that show was was a hit. And maybe if you know Kevin Spacey wasn't doing Kevin Spacey things, that show might still be going. I don't know. What about Narcos? That's four seasons, right? Yeah, four. And they're they're gonna do a fifth. Yeah, as far as I know. I don't know if they've officially renewed it or not, but there's absolutely no reason for them not to. It's a huge show. But it's, huge, was... it's good, and they have a lot of content they can cover. So um, I feel like that has potential to be at least like five, or sorry, like ten seasons. I don't know how much money it costs them to produce it, though. I know that's one of the things that they really kind of look at is you know, time, money, effort, and what kind of return they're getting on to getting on it. Because it seems like they're going for more shows that are good, but not too many shows that are great but cost a lot of money. Yeah, they don't want Personal. to fall into the Game of Thrones effect either, to where, you know, you have ten of the highest paid T V actors <laughs> on your roster. Yeah. Right. I feel like they're trying to avoid that kind of sinkhole and money pit and just like throwing money at it because now you you have to keep making this very expensive show because it's popular but money might not make as much sense when you could be making 10 other shows that would make you more money in return for spending less Boy, I can see Netflix being a, a tech giant if you will um, they look at the numbers like that that is true I will say though to Cody's point, it it's a lot more rare for a, a show to really be over the three or four season mark, at, at least at this point. But um, yeah, I feel like they've got quite a few shows in their roster that could really you know push that limit there, like you guys were just talking about. It's not often that you want that to happen, unless it is that good. Because you know, like you said, they 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 lose their 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 direction. You know, their their point. Yeah. After that that five season mark, you know, it gets really tricky to navigate those waters. Well, I mean, just think about it. Like, if you break it down, like, let's just use eight eight episodes for a season. Mm-hmm. You're talking like at four seasons, and we'll just do seems like wouldn't you say uh an original on netflix is about 50 52 minutes or so an episode so we'll do 50 minutes an episode eight episodes a season for four seasons that's you know nearly 27 hours worth of show you know, of story. So like that's a lot of content that you have to be producing and creating at a high level to keep, you know, your fans and audience engaged. So like you're a series running, you know, six, seven, eight, ten seasons. That's a lot of hours, you know. Like you have to have very strong source material to, uh, in my opinion, to really still be a strong show with that much you know, runtime. I don't know. No, I mean, that's a good point. That's like the biggest tragedy with 
you know, that people had with uh, Game of Thrones is that it was all there and it was just kind of like cut short. Um, So like when you have that source material and don't, well, I guess they, well, I guess they didn't. They've run out. Cody knows more about that. Of material? Well, yeah, because they ran into the whole book issue. But I mean, they didn't have the book, but they had all of his notes on it. So, I mean, they knew exactly where he was going. The, uh, the ending to the story has been written. They have access to what he what he's going for. They just took 4,000 pages of books and condensed it into, like, you know, 10 episodes. <laughs> uh, but I you think... Know, stuff was skipped over. I think also, if you, if you kind of zoom out and look at it, I think that might be why you only see, you know, sitcoms or, like, comedy type series that, animated series that really like have really long run times because you know, they're not I mean they may you know well, tell a loose to your story but um, yeah but if you dive back into your math of that you know sitcoms and comedy are like 20 to 30 minutes long true true that's another they'll have 20 point. episodes in a season but they'll run 20 seasons so yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying that they are the equal length, but they are, yeah, they are structured differently. Yeah, and like you, and like each episode is kind of like its own story. So, I mean, you don't have to have, try to tie together like four years worth of storyline and everything makes sense to get to this like final point, you know? Or but, if there are a lot of, it's like one long arc that casually happens over the course of many many seasons instead of 20 arcs just like weaving every episode yeah yeah that makes me think of uh supernatural yeah (laughs) one large arc but then like 19 million smaller arcs that kind of carry you through the season and then you get to the last episode and you're like oh yeah they were supposed to be doing something (laughs) that's how gotham is like that's those those types of shows. The, those are the shows that are like uh, the the gamers who have to do every single side quest before they <laughs> complete the main quest line. <laughs> That's it. Fight the big bad boss. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah. That, I th- I think you know to get back more onto topic of Ozark. Um, I I really think four four seasons is is strong. And that's kind of like right in that wheelhouse of being able to really develop the the side characters, um, you know, really build your world and have some very interesting storylines, but also not overextend and overreach and drag things out unnecessarily. So I'm kind of excited to see what they do here in the, the last 14 episodes. Yeah, and that's four more episodes in the final season than the three preceding it, right? Yeah, yeah I think they were all ten episodes, and then, yeah, you're right, the, this one's 14, so. And then split up in, in the two different parts, so it's going to feel like more than what it is. It's really going to feel like, you know, five seasons. Yeah. It's going to be seven and seven, and there's probably going to be a couple in there that are a healthy hour, if not more. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of fluctuate, you know, give or take you know five ten minutes yeah i wouldn't be surprised if the last couple episodes were over an hour yep um so like i mentioned earlier 
last night I rewatched my favorite episode of season three. Um, and holy cow, I think episode nine of season three might be the best episode of the entire series. Um, I watched the monologue. Oh, YouTube. The monologue is so good. Ben Davis, what a character. Uh, I thought when he was introduced, I thought he would kind of just be a throwaway character and so confused. Was pretty, yeah, confused. Good, good word to use there. And also kind of like annoyed. So I'm like, what, the, super random. Where the heck did this guy come from and what could he possibly do to make this, you know, story any better? And oh man, delivers. Yeah. So Ben Davis is Wendy's brother and he suffers from bipolar disorder. And he's played by Tom Pelfrey and uh, AKA budget Keanu Reeves. Um, so true. Netflix yeah, is like, you know, we can't get Keanu Reeves. He's like, he's like, oh, what's the great value version of Keanu Reeves? Oh, Tom Pelfrey. Um, no, but I, I thought in this episode, I mean, I don't suffer from bipolar disorder and I don't personally know anyone who does, but as, as someone ignorant to how bipolar disorder actually works in real life, I really thought that his portrayal of somebody suffering from mental illness was very gripping and, and really kind of drew me in and was captivating. I, I don't know. What, what did you guys think? Do you... Is, is it bipolar? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, something during the time of that, I, I mean, I really, I really enjoyed how that all came about, especially the first half of the season, if not like the first two thirds of him in the season were kind of like annoying or he was just like insert one more problem that everyone has to deal with. But it really, it really did kind of pay off in the last like three episodes there. Um, it was definitely worth it. But some of the stuff I was reading, just because I always find that stuff interesting. Um, obviously, there was just like some takes on it where they were saying it's it's like a, a stereotyped um, take on bipolar disorder and like what that it actually looks like and stuff like that. But at the same time. I think it fits well within, you know, the story or the show for what they're, they're going for. Yeah. Um, it just, just the way the episode starts out with that monologue, like, uh, everything about that scene was amazing. Just like the way it was shot visually. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, scenes of just like the scenery as they're driving and it's uh you know ben with a voiceover just rambling on about all of this like nonsense it doesn't like it literally makes no sense uh, when you enter the episode and you're like what the heck is he talking about um and then it like cuts to you know close-up shots of his face and while he's talking and rambling and he's like, you know, fidgeting, his eyes are watering. He's, you know, crying at points. He's like pulling on his beard. He's 
stuttering and tripping all over his words. Uh, the driver is just sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it's just... He's going on and on. I don't remember exactly how long the scene is, but it's several minutes long. And then he just ends it with, like... Uh, he says, my day's been going good, man. How's your day been going? <laughs> so, like... Perfect. The entire monologue was him just answering the driver, presumably asking him how it's going. So good. Yeah, man, it was I great. Mean, like Nick, I did not like him when he was first introduced. I thought all the scenes were annoying, and he was just like constantly doing stuff to like screw up the plot for everybody else. I was like, man, fuck off, dude. Yeah. And then by the time you know you get to the end of the season you you're captivated by him like every time he's on the screen you're like all right what's gonna happen next what's he gonna say it, it was just so good and i think i don't think he ended up winning any awards for his performance in this which is really a shame because he did so good yeah i don't think that's yeah, up it's sorry go ahead nick no i was just gonna say i don't think that's up yet though because that was just this year really i thought um jason won won an award for ozark or maybe that was a previous season uh look it up you're probably right you're probably right i'll look it up it he he's the kind of character that really grows on you because towards the end you could see that like his intentions were good and like he just cared about his family you know especially in you know episode nine like every 10 minutes he's making a life-altering mistake like left and right wendy is just trying to get him out of the situation and safe and like at one point she is like i think it's when they uh fall asleep in the the walmart parking lot or whatever Mm -hmm. uh before they leave like in the cop you know like he told somebody or called the cops himself or something after the police leave and she's like yelling at him and hitting him she's like (laughs) i think she says something about him like like he's like a, trying to be with a toddler and like as a father of two toddlers like 100% correct like <laughs> no matter what you tell them like they will not listen they're just going to do what their heart is set on and the sad thing is is like his heart was set on trying to make things right for Wendy and the the birds Mm-hmm. But, like, every time he tried to fix it, it just, like, you know, another shovel in the ground of his own grave, you know? It was... With that and the rest of his family as well. Like, everything that he was doing was potentially likely going to get them killed. Yeah, and, like, uh, just the entire episode, just watching him, like, wrestle with that reality of, like, realizing every time that he messes up, like man, this is really going to cost something, like, precious. And, like, he he played that episode so good, like, so emotional. And, oh, man, it's just, like, heartbreaking and heart-wrenching to watch. Yeah, you felt nothing but bad for him. Like I said, he was a character that I didn't like at all. And then by the end, you're just like, man, I hate everybody else for treating him the way they are. Like, he's obviously screwing it up for you, and I get, like, they have to get rid of him in some way. But it's like, 
he's trying. Yeah. Like, he's not the screw up they kind of made him out to be for a long time. Like he is doing his best. His best isn't very good considering their situation, but I don't know. It sucks. Yeah. I mean, the thing that really kind of like, to me, kind of like breaks the fourth wall, touches like some really different um, subject matter there is that he has a mental disorder. He legit was trying to do things right. But the entire situation that he was in is so wrong that someone with a mental disorder is trying to do something right. But the entire world is not letting him do that because it's so messed up. And like he acknowledges that. I think it's in the opening monologue there where he's like, everything is just so messed up. (laughs) These people are insane. I'm not insane. They're insane that they live this life and act like nothing's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And that probably does not help his mental state. No, (laughs) we can't. Because because he's triggering. He goes on a a bit there where he's like, and that's where his, you know, his eyes are like watering and he was like really fidgeting. He was like, he was like, you can't see my hands right now, but he's like, when you're like this close to like remembering how your mind was before, you know, you lost control of it and you're like this close and you can't quite grasp it. Mm. And that's because mm. nothing is letting him grasp like his correct <laughs> mental health because yeah. these people are in, are literally insane for the life they live in this show. <laughs> yeah, it makes him seem like a normal person. Right. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> He's trying to be normal and no one is like responding normally to these <laughs> yeah. like, people just die and there's all this just like crazy stuff. And he's like, what in the fuck is going on? Like I'm barely in a mental stable spot and you guys are just kind of roaming around like, yeah, all's good. Just chill out, dude. You're like, wow, fuck me. <laughs> and the consequences of his illness go from being annoying and getting him in, you know, moderate trouble, you know, arrested or something to, you know, like we've talked about getting his family or himself killed. Like it's yeah. disproportionate to the level of, you know, acting out or um you know outburst that he has it's not equal to the outburst yeah because he had that outburst at helen and like that wasn't that wrong like it was it was a bipolar moment but he happened to have a bipolar moment at (laughs) to like one of the most terrifying people (laughs) yeah and he's just like i'm sorry like it, my fault. I apologize. Like, no, no, that's not gonna cut it, dude. Like, you're dead. <laughs> like that bitch will yeah. kill you for no reason. Yeah. Talk about the absolute worst person to do that to. Um. But yeah, it's like, like you s- simultaneously, like grieve and, like really, feel bad. For what Ben's going through, but then. At the same exact time, you're like, Ben, please, just stop, man. Just stop, please. You're making me so angry. Just stop. But I, I don't know. I think that's like uh, what makes it so good is because like he can't stop. And I don't know. This episode is just a masterpiece, in my opinion, um, from the opening scene all the way to the very end. Um, I don't know. It was just 
and, and it's one of those episodes where it's not entirely clear what is happening, but you know it's happening at the same time. Like you know yeah. the overall like where this is going, but you're not sure how these things are coming together. Yeah, one of the things that I I wrote down because I took notes like a nerd um, was like my first watch through the first time you know as as the season was released. Um, it wasn't really, I didn't really pay any attention to like what Wendy's intention was with taking Ben on the road. And as I watched it this time, I started to wonder like what exactly was her plan and like when when did the switch flip to i'm trying to get ben as far away from this as possible and and to somewhere safe to the point of no return and um i don't think that the end result of the episode was her intention the entire time but i think probably the breaking point for Wendy was when they stop at the gas station and he like secretly buys the phone after Mm -hmm. she like (laughs) destroyed his last one for calling Helen. Uh, I think at that point she's like, okay, there's nothing I can do, which is such an impossible situation to think about going through. (laughs) Like, do I, risk you know my brother continually making things worse for himself and my family or do i have to literally kill my brother like just imagine having what? to be in, in wendy's position right there i think that's i mean i think that's some of the allure of the show and what makes it good is these are kind of like unimaginable situations. You know, there's a lot of shows we watch and we're like, oh, I know what I would do in this like context. Whether, you know, if you're Iron Man, like, what would you do? Like, you you got to figure it out. But in this, you're like, I really don't know what the fuck I would do because it's unique and it's messed up. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's not like Ben isn't the only person at risk. Like, they have children. And they're working for the cartel who will literally like just kill anyone. Like so you're yeah, but... you're not only worried about your brother's life and your life, but like your two small children might also get murdered for this. It was him or the kids. I think at the end of the day the decision was pretty pretty easy. Like once she made the decision, she knew what she had to do. And she's kind of ruthless enough at this point in the series that she, you know, carried it out the way she intended yeah but like i said it was him or the kids and she made the easy decision side note did wendy like seriously jump on board with this whole like money laundering thing like pretty quick when she finally like found out what marty was doing i mean (laughs) she like she didn't care she was like boom let's do it let's go go big or go home you mean like yeah. in season one? Yeah. 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 Like when, when uh, I think, I mean, I think the leverage was there for Marty because of like what she did. Ah, uh, true. But did that, did she, did, did she find out after the whole affair thing? I think that all kind of like came together really quick, like early on. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but regardless, she is all for it now. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, she's all in. Yeah. Was that end of season? I think it was end of season one or two, where like after all the political stuff and like yeah, they I think that was two. They, they had like the official like opening of the casino boat. Mm-hmm. And like she was standing there and she's like, Yeah, that was the the season where, you know, Marty's like, Yeah, here's my plan to get out of there. And she's like, No. Like no, we're about we're... to run shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, this ugh. when she like walk like they're sitting at the, the diner or whatever, looks like cracker barrel or what what yeah. have you. <laughs> Just slamming some right. pancakes. Like, just the way that she, like, looks at Ben while trying to engage in, you know, pointless small talk at this point. And with just, like, the tears in her eyes. It's just, Wendy, I mean, Ben knocked this episode out of the park, but Wendy was, like, right, right next to him. Laura Linney, like, she destroyed this episode in the best way possible. The whole season, really. Yeah, man. Like the the end where she, where she's just like losing it in the car on the side of the freeway. It's just it's such a bleak episode. I will say yeah, that's one not thing. I'm in the finale. Yeah, I know that's that's <laughs> the insane part. Um, one thing I did learn though in this episode is the cartel is conservative. Who would have thought? Wait, in what way? Uh, in passing, Helen says something about the cartel not being uh, progressive. And they are very much conservative and only caring about money, I'm assuming. And not okay. really caring about Ben's mental health when <laughs> Marty and, and Wendy are trying to explain uh, why Ben is doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought that was kind of a little funny passing comment. Um, but yeah, masterpiece of an episode. If if it didn't win any awards, what a shame. Nick, did you get to the bottom of that? Yeah, I don't think that that's out and around. There's a bunch of nominations for some of the award groups for 2020. So I think that'll be coming a little later, but I didn't find anything on him getting specifically nominated for anything. Yeah, the only thing I found quickly was um, Ozark actor Tom Pelfrey has broken his silence following his Emmy's snub. Ooh. Aw. Lame. It's because um, I believe he was in like theater. They must look down upon that. Mm. Yeah, I guess I don't really know how they look at him. Sounds good. Cancel the Emmys. Let's cancel them. Well, Mike's Mike's supporting cancel culture. Well, we got to hand out, you know, 20 director, you know, Emmy awards for the same series. You know, they kind of fill up quick. They don't really have time to look at supporting actors that much. Yeah. Unbelievable. Still feel bad for him. Deserved. Yeah. I I was kind of surprised that they. You know, like the the nominations for where Game of Thrones, like best director, is like four four of the nominations are like from Game of Thrones or the same series. I feel like they should like, <laughs> yeah. admit, like just pick just pick your favorite one of the series. Let's not like just list 
all the directors for you know season eight of whatever show yeah, that link you sent me i was like cracking up <laughs> it's just like jason bateman for this episode of ozark and then every other one was game of thrones <laughs> and it's like we get it we like yeah. game of thrones this year but let's let's try to diversify our choices here yeah did uh did either of you guys have any other uh things you want to talk about i had one more that kind of follows up on that one sure so there's been a lot of fan theories about whether or not he's actually dead mm. and so i've looked into it a little bit harder so i kind of have an opinion on it but i wanted to see what you guys thought first i mean didn't hey. they create him nobody they, they never showed nobody can't can't 100% believe he's dead he's gonna win it all the oldest trick in film yeah if the killing occurs off scene then it never happened yeah but uh, I'm going to assume that, gonna... that he he didn't make it and they're gonna pull a stranger things <laughs> he's just gonna show up on like the other side of the lake yeah <laughs> it's somehow a Russian prison yeah I think I think you're uh, what you read earlier, Cody, about you know them pulling kind of plot points out of thin air for the sake of yeah. plot. That would be their first offense, like true offense. I think on that front, if they did not actually kill him off. Yeah, yeah, his character totally served its purpose. Like, as much as it sucks that that was the end of of Ben, like that needs to be the end of Ben. Nope, agreed. And I was going to say, uh, after looking into it, it looks like the uh, directors agree on that, and they said there's he, he's not coming back. So, kind of put it to exactly rest once and for all. Would say, though. I know, that would be the ultimate plot twist, I guess, if they just lied to everybody for a year. Liars! But, but instead of Tom Pelfrey, it's uh, Dave uh, Harbour, or whoever that plays... Um, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Hopper. Yeah, Hopper. Yeah. No, <laughs> so they actually get Keanu Reeves for the season four. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, we increased the budget now. Instead of getting knockoff Keanu Reeves, we got real Keanu Reeves. Yeah. His twin brother. Stepped up to the name brand. Oh, man. That's great. No, but the, I did see that theory floating around while I was uh, you know, doing a little digging on the internet for other stuff. Yeah, it's always I, funny to think about, but he had a fitting ending. Yeah, and I don't think it's the type of show to that. I mean, has there really been a crazy plot twist of that sort? You know, mm, no, not really. I mean, it's a lot of drama and you know, hold your breath moments, but not really like uh, you know, huge plot twist that completely change the way you look at the episode or the season or anything like that. There's not just like something completely out of left field they kind of set everything up appropriately and you can kind of expect what's going to happen next yeah most of the plot twists are people dying <laughs> and they stay dead yeah so i would i would be shocked to say the least that they have a plot twist where somebody is presumed to have been murdered but actually not murdered so how crazy would it be if ben like pulled up in at this point, we had some technical difficulties and uh, our recording stopped, so we apologize for the uh, awkward 
transition here, but uh, let's continue the rest of the episode. All right, welcome back, back, Craig. Um, Big head. But yeah, wouldn't that be just a, a complete shock if he if Ben just rolls up in whatever the the henchman's name is, his black SUV or whatever, and he's like, "Hey, what's up?" Yeah, or uh, whatever that therapist was driving. <laughs> which had a yeah. or something. Oh, dude, that character uh, was amazing. I don't recall her name, but I love how she was just hustling both of them. No clue. <laughs> both Wendy and Marty. <laughs> I forgot all about her. So innocent, too. Yeah. Man. Um, yeah. She knew what she wanted. I was... Uh, New car. One thing that I... Excuse me. Uh, that I found interesting about the series as a whole is how it's filmed with like the color correction with the blue tint. Did you guys notice that? What, the whole show? <clears throat> yeah, or like just the, the visual presentation of the show. Like it's kind of tint, tinted blue. Yeah. I, I think like I did not. I didn't notice it, but I can see it. Yeah, now. it was totally an intentional thing. I found an article um, on express.co.uk. Um, they they interviewed the director of photography, Ben Cutchins, and um, yeah, he said that the bluish tint um, was totally an intentional thing that him and uh, Bateman wanted to do. Uh, he said, I think both Jason and I wanted to do something that was unique and unique to Ozark that created a distinct look. And he kind of um, wanted to give it uh, an, a literal darker vibe to kind of, you know, yeah. kind of keep the audience on the edge of their seat, kind of like, what's kind of lurking out there he says specifically i wanted to draw the audience to be engaged and draw them in uh there are movies and shows where you really want to have to shut off your devices and shut off your brain and really have to lean in so um yeah it was totally like a an intended thing and i I found it kind of unique that uh that car was a mclaren and uh Kind of side note, there's this article where it says Ozark fans over argue over the single dumbest plot point in the whole show. And basically, that is something people felt that was unnecessary and unbelievable as like a plot point. Her driving that car. Out of all things, that's what they complained about? Yep. Oh, man, that was my favorite part. It's such a one-off character. That it didn't really... Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. One-off character, one-off, like, doing just something ridiculous. Like, of course she would pull up in a McLaren uh, because she's just hustling them both. <laughs> and it set up some great one-liners, too. I think he said something about go back to your uh, Transformer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good character overall. Hilarious. The whole scene is great. And no, Mike, I didn't know about the blue tint thing, but uh, I can kind of see it now. Definitely had more muted colors than I guess you would expect for a lot of outside scenery. Yeah. So that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. The gloomy lake vibe. He, he said that yeah. they used a lot of practical and like, sorry, I was kind of leaning back in my chair, not realizing 
that you probably couldn't hear me. Uh, but they used a lot of practical and like single source lights whenever possible uh, to kind of even lend more to that to help with the uh, color correction and post and stuff. Um, but like, I, I like, like we talked about last week with Mr. Robot and Sam Esmail, like that attention to detail where like, they're trying to think of everything possible to really like draw you in and and you know help tell their story. Yeah, the more you, you kind of describe that, the more I think about how the lighting is um, purposely underdone. Like even when you think about like scenes in like the garage when he gets that gaming mm-hmm. thing, uh, mm-hmm. or when they're like walking through the house. There's like there's dark areas of the screen where it does kind of force you to watch a little closer because everything is not well lit. Yeah, and gives it an overall ominous feeling to a lot of the scenes. Yeah, it kind of adds just that little extra layer of like subconscious tension, or like you're not exactly mm-hmm. sure why you feel unsettled or like anxious but you just always do <laughs> yeah it's like uh when you have a score in the background that you just kind of recognize as being dark and sinister and something bad's mm-hmm. gonna happen so that you know darker the the blue tint kind of sets up all the scenes that when you're looking at it you just feel like something bad's gonna happen yeah for sure it's all in the details guys yeah. very important um that that pretty much wraps up all the specific things that I had on my list. Uh, Nick, do you have any? I say the last thing I have that we kind of really didn't, we didn't talk about, but it does, I was wondering for you guys, like, is it? And I have series like this where I specifically at a point in the series I want to go back and watch season one because it has a different feel to it like much so because the characters are so young and new so like specifically like ruth's character in season one because hers has changed so much to go back and watch like the early ruth and like how she interacted like with her you know uncles and her brothers it's just such a different show if you will um i feel similarly about like vikings um and there's like some other shows even game of thrones like season one where they're they seem simpler because the plot lines are not developed yet. But it's definitely one of those shows where I want to go back and watch at least season one. Just to like recapture that first initial introduction of everyone. Yeah, it would be pretty cool to just to see, like you're saying, just how far each character has come, you know, by the end of the, the series. So I would say Ru- I mean Ruth has gotten quieter as the series has gone on. So I'm pretty sure like in the first season, like she is just mouthy 24 seven. Yeah. I mean, she like almost isn't. No. Was it her or her uncles that found the money and then like held up Marty in the, whatever, like defunct public restroom (laughs) that he was hiding it in or whatever. I think they all found it, like the whole crew of them, because they just rolled around and were being goony, yeah. goony, goony rednecks, just kind of like rolling around looking for the next score. 
Yeah. She's still pretty mouthy now, though. Yeah. I mean, she no, yeah. in trouble a few times this season. She's more selectively mouthy, but definitely still is hot-headed. Yeah. I mean, That's a good way to put it. She's selectively hot-headed. The scene with the, the KC mob pretty boy on the casino boat. Exactly. <laughs> she literally, what doesn't she, like, kick him off the the top deck or whatever into the lake or something? That's yeah, isn't that right before she gets put in the hospital <laughs> yeah. by him? Yeah. Yeah. Because Ben was like, what'd you do to him? She's like, I threw him off top of the boat. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I like you. But yeah, you you can definitely see her kind of uh, mature and grow. Definitely from when you first meet her in the first season to where she leaves off. Like, she's much more calculating. And, like, she's always been smart, you know? Like, like it was her idea to kind of, like, let Marty go in the first season and kind of get into his world. And then, yeah, she just quick learner and then, you know, took off. And it's been really cool to see that character arc as the series has gone on. Definitely going to binge watch the whole thing over again after the final (laughs) season. Or maybe might be a good idea to do it before it comes out. Because it's been so long, sure. it feels like. Yeah, when I first started watching it, I thought it was going to be something more comedic than what it was. So I had completely different <laughs> expectations and was only like half paying attention to him. Just like, oh, Jason Bateman, I'm sure there's just going to be jokes and like throwaway laugh scenes. And I don't actually, actually have to pay attention to it. And like by episode two or three, I'm like, oh, shit, there's actually like stuff going on that I got to pay yeah, attention to. Yeah, the first episode alone, there's like three executions and like a dude getting thrown off a skyscraper apartment building yeah it really changed the outlook <laughs> on the whole series right from the get-go he subverted your expectations yeah hey, caught my attention yeah for sure and he writes that i mean he directs himself into that role which is also really cool because he directs what like a third of the episodes in the yeah, series he does. yeah i think he's no, I was just going to say, yeah, he does quite a few. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think in season one, he did like the first two and the last two. So, yeah, like a third, 40% of them. Man, it would be cool too, uh, to go back just to see some of the the side characters that, you know, haven't made it this far. Like uh, uh, Officer Petty was a great character. Um Wyatt's oh, yeah. uncle was a great character. Uh, I don't recall her name off the top of my head, but the lady who worked at the the Blue Fish or whatever the restaurant that Marty first oh. gets, you know, she yeah. was a great character. Money in the walls. Yeah. It's not a banana stand, but you know it'll do. But there, there has been quite a few really good side characters and like it would be fun to revisit those for sure but yeah that's the last thing i really had that we didn't touch on other than that yeah that's pretty that much it except for recommending yeah, so it. hey let's do yeah. it what, what do you guys think I'll, I'll let cody go first and then yeah if it's not clear from uh everything we've talked about could not recommend it more and the good thing is it's only gotten better as uh, 
the season got along. I'm just looking at the Rotten Tomatoes now and season one, 70%, season two, 76, season three, 97%. So high expectations for season four. So it's not too late to jump on and start watching. So, so if you had to go like, like as soon as you're done listening to this episode, go turn it on or like catch it whenever you have a free moment or like, don't bother you're you're on the the top end of the spectrum like you need to watch this right now yeah i would find a time when you have a uh, free saturday just to like binge out the entire thing all at one time because that's the way i do it and that's the way i enjoy it but yeah it's definitely a watch as soon as you can what about you nick yeah it's a strong recommend um i would advise cranking out two to three episodes an evening and finish it in two weeks a little less intense than Cody. <laughs> but it's definitely that kind of episode or that kind of series to where it's like, because that's how, I mean, I watch it when the new season comes out is I crush, like I try to do like two a night because one isn't enough. Um, but I'm also not that dedicated to where I want to watch the whole thing in a day. But I might have, yeah, I take that back. There might've been a couple weekends where, we got through like six episodes. So you're like occasionally speed running it. Yeah. A good pace where it's like, that's the thing we're watching until it's done. Um, and so it's a plus cause Aaron watches it with me. She enjoys it. Um, so that's always another good, strong point and recommendation is you can watch it with your significant other. Mike? Um, yeah, I I mean, if you couldn't tell, like you were saying, throughout this entire episode, how we feel about it, then, uh, yeah, I don't know what you've been listening to. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, as, as soon as you have the ability to watch the show, if you haven't already, or even if you have, you know, rewatch it as soon as possible. Um, it's just you know, one of those shows where it's hard it's hard to turn off at the end of an episode. Uh, the story is is very gripping, and uh, I will say, you know, maybe maybe one to two episodes at a time because it can get pretty bleak and dark and uh, stressful. Yeah, embraces. <laughs> yeah, um, Cody embraces the dark. Yes, must watch for sure, hundred um, percent. So, go do it. And. And just knowing that it is going to be four seasons long and that's it. You know, I feel like these days people do watch shows to like get that notch in their belt saying like, check, watch that. Yeah. Easy one to pick up, get stuck on, but also finish in a reasonable amount of time to move on to the next that's one. That's true. It, you could scratch it off the backlog like and then it won't take that much time. It's an easy add to a long list of already, you know. <laughs> yeah need to watches so like just knock this out in a weekend if you're a cody yeah. so i agree that's if you're doing it right well uh yeah i i guess we got our point across um that's ozark that's ozark um so you know occasionally we'll be doing episodes like this where we go over uh, a series or you know maybe if you enjoyed our our chat on episode nine of season three we could uh really dive into specific episodes of shows so uh if that's 
the type of content that you're interested in hearing and would like to hear more of, of you know, just let us know uh, what you might want us to cover and talk about, and we can uh, definitely try to add that to our growing list of things that we would like to talk about. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. That's a wrap. Say bye, Craig. Bye, Craig. Die, Craig. I forget how to kill Craig. Mm. Let's call Wendy. Wendy.